Hello, and welcome to the Be Filled Podcast. Together, we will explore the deepest desires of the human heart and how our Creator wants to fulfill your every longing. You do not have to grasp for satisfaction. All you need to do is open your heart to receive. Join us as we dive into St. Pope John Paul II's beautiful teaching on the theology of the body. We are so excited you're here on the journey with us. Open your hearts to be filled. Hello and welcome back to the Be Filled podcast. My name is Rochelle Parker and we are so glad that you're here for our second episode. Um, Today we're just going to continue to prepare our hearts to enter into Pope John Paul II's teaching on the theology of the body. Um, And I have my lovely friends here with me today. I have Katie Davis, Patty Strauss, and Sister Cecilia Ann. And I want to know... How are you guys today? <laughs> How are you, Katie? I'm doing on? great. I've been gone for the past week, and I just got back and feel renewed and refreshed, and my garden is, like, reflecting that to me right now because oh. all of the flowers are blooming. And oh, I, I thought you were say they were dead. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I know some people are really struggling right now with the allergies, what? but they are blooming so beautifully right now and it's just exactly how I feel. That's amazing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. All right. So Katie's feeling good. What about you, Miss yeah. Patty? I, I'm having a, a good beginning of the summer. We've been fishing and so now we're just trying to get back into a summer schedule. So it's a little chaotic, mm-hmm. but that is also good because it's summer. Did you catch any fish? I actually even caught fish. You get fish. in the water with your waders. I, I actually did. It was a little I need surprise. To see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, a little scary last year. I fell in with my waders. <laughs> almost drowned. Oh, that's <laughs> not funny. Yeah. Well, I survived. So okay, yeah, well, that's a good story. That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. All right, awesome. Okay, what about you, sister? Uh, you know, the school is out, as uh, Patty said, so we are busy um, working on things, getting ready for the new school year. But uh, just like anyone, we, we have to dabble in a little fun. So uh, here at the central office, we try to have a pickle game every week. And pickle so, game? A pickleball game. <laughs> a pickleball game. Sorry. It's a lot of fun. So we play uh, whoever can come for the day. And so I just uh, lost for games this morning. Oh. But that's okay. It was, it was fun. We had a good time. And uh, it's just a way to kind of relieve some stress and, you know, take a little break from the day. Because so often you get so caught up in what you have to do that you kind of forget sometimes just to be, be with one another and to love one another's spirits. It gives us a lot of opportunities um, just to, to, to laugh and to relax and to have fun. That's so good. You're just teaching them humility. Oh my goodness, I'm teaching. I'm learning Jesus humility. Said, Whoever's first will be last. There you go. <laughs> so, I'm enjoying. I'm enjoying hearing you laugh as you're like in dive lost. You're just enjoying <laughs> just the whole game and the people. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just have to laugh about it. <laughs> How are you, Rochelle? Oh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm doing well. Um, I was very excited to start summer, and my goal was to sleep in, which is like 6 o'clock for me. <laughs> but then we decided to get a puppy, so that happened. So I'm not sleeping No yet. sleep for you. No, but that's okay. He's really, really cute. So that's kind of what's going on in our world. I have a newborn. 
basically. <laughs> no, except it's not a newborn. It's like a toddler because newborns stay wherever you put them. Mm. This puppy doesn't stay wherever you put <laughs> it. But it's super fun. I feel very grateful. And I already can see how God is working on my heart through this puppy. And I'm sure there'll be some really deep thoughts related to the puppy. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure. I'm sure there will be yeah, sure too. we'll see what happens. But anyway, but I'm glad to be with you ladies today. And so if you are just listening for the first time, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to the first episode um, where we just introduced ourselves um, a little bit, uh, kind of who we are. And then we talked about what it means to be filled with Christ and to be truly satisfied um, and really why we chose the title for this podcast, Be Filled. Um, and today we just kind of want to continue that conversation um, and also share a little bit more about how we came across the theology of the body and uh, what it means to us in our lives. Um, but I want to start with a wonderful quote from John Paul II, St. Pope John Paul II. Um, and it's a little bit long, but um, I'll try to not read it too quickly. And then we're going to just share our reflections um, on this quote. So the quote is, It is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. He is the beauty to which you were so attracted. It is he who provoked you with that thirst for fullness that will not let you settle for compromise. It is he who urges you to shed the masks of a false life. It is he who reads in your heart your most genuine choices the choices that others try to stifle. It is Jesus who stirs in you the desire to do something great with your lives, the will to follow an ideal, the refusal to allow yourselves to be ground down by mediocrity, the courage to commit yourselves humbly and patiently to improving yourselves in society, making the world more human and more fraternal. So again, that was from um, St. Pope John Paul II. There's so much there. I feel like you could probably sit with each sentence and, and pray with that. So, But I just wanted to um, give everyone an opportunity to talk about that a little and what comes up for you when you hear that and, and how does that tie in with um, John Paul II's teaching of theology of the body. So Katie, would you like to share? Yes. Yeah, and... Just a warning to everyone, I've just spent the last week at Theology of the Body um, immersion course where um, we basically sat for five days at the feet of John Paul II and kind of uh, basically this quote was the entire week. It was, you know, that first part where it says, it is Jesus that you seek when you dream of happiness. He is waiting for you when nothing else you find satisfies you. And, you know, the subtext of the course is head and heart immersion. And, and that's really what, what we were doing is trying, getting all this teaching from our head into our heart. And when you seek out that, um, what, what Jesus is putting in your heart, it just overflows. And I remember one morning waking up at the hotel and like the amount of clarity of, of what happiness was, was like, 
I could taste it. <laughs> and it tasted like coffee to me. So I, <laughs> I told my husband, I'm going to go down and get coffee, which is a miracle because he's always the one getting coffee and I'm always the one laying in bed wanting more sleep. So I float down to the coffee maker at 6 a.m. And the front desk attendant is making himself coffee. And I must have just been like glowing with happiness because he said good morning and I can't even remember what I said back to him but his response back to me in this German accent that I wish I could recreate he said wow you have peace and I said I do have peace and then he poured a little thing of honey in his coffee and he said did you know that honey is very good for you and I said, yes, that's why I just got 30,000 bees. It's amazing. <laughs> and he, his eyes lit up and he said, oh, you have so much happiness. And I said, yes, I have so much happiness. Um, have you noticed people around here are extra happy this week? And he said, no, people around here are very sad. I said, oh, well, pay attention this week because there's a retreat in town and we're all staying here. And what we're learning is how to connect your head to your heart. And then his eyes lit up and he said, I studied philosophy before, before this. And yes, that is exactly the key to happiness. Oh. And then I got my coffee and I went back up to the room. But it was just, just such a beautiful exchange of someone, you know, who was totally not, you know, um, hearing any of these teachings yet. And I wasn't teaching any of it, yet it was overflowing out of me. Hmm. And so I think that is, you know, what what the, the best visual is for me is just letting that when you can find what truly touches you and then letting that overflow. So that's, yes. that was my, what came to mind when I was reading it. That was so beautiful. Thank you, Katie, Patty. And then, and then to echo that too, when I heard you speaking and I could even now with your body language, <laughs> I could see that there was so much joy. And when I reflected on that, it was, it was, I've taken that class, it's been about four years, and so it's marinated for four years. <laughs> but I but I have come to see that um, it's that intimacy of our Lord that I'm experiencing. So when I look outside and I see, you know, the, the whatever the weather is, that I can reflect on how that is a message from our Lord and a calling to me and to my heart, and, and that it's very real. And I'll, I'll recognize sometimes that I'm, I, uh, I can get a little grumpy with it. And then, but it just seems that as I pay attention, our Lord calls me back to Him. And it's always gentle. It's never brutal. It's always very gentle with how my children will speak to me, how my friends will talk with me, and, and even how I sit in prayer. So I just encourage everyone to, to, to look around and know that our Lord wants to be so intimately close to us. And, and then you too will be actually the source of your joy. For sure. Absolutely. Sister, what about you? Well, when I read the quote, I mean, it's definitely a beautiful quote, but actually it made me think of uh, John Paul um, 
right when we were getting to the year 2000 and the years leading up to it, uh, we had taken one year for each of the persons of the Trinity. And around that time, he had um, said the quote, do not be afraid to be the saints of the new millennium. millennium. <laughs> and it was so nice because I thought, you know, we are called to greatness. And I think that's part of happiness. Mm-hmm. Happiness means recognizing the greatness that we are called to. You know, and that's going to look different for everyone. We, we read the saints um, who have been canonized. And, but they're not the only saints. Anyone who makes it to heaven is a saint. And some have become saints and they've done simply the work of very simple things, you know, caring for family, which is actually a very big thing, but I mean, very ordinary things. Uh, maybe they were just a day laborer. Maybe they were, maybe they were speakers. Maybe they were scientists. But God calls everyone to greatness. And I think that John Paul was saying, God made you great. God, and so these yearnings that we have, they're really yearnings, true, for happiness, but it's that yearning for God. It's that yearning mm-hmm. for completeness, you know. And as time goes on, we realize that it's God who completes us. You know? He's our, our other half, you know. Um, God gives many things in this world to bring us joy, but it's always things that will bring us back to Him because He is the giver of these great gifts. And so that's um, what that whole quote reminded me of is just, of what a good and gracious and loving father we have. And he's so concerned about our happiness. He created us um, out of his love. And and love isn't without its own happiness. And so I think um, that's kind of what has been going on in my mind. Yeah. Rochelle. Thank you. Oh, there's so many things stirring, for sure. I just, I find this so incredibly beautiful. And it actually made me, I'm going to talk about that, but also it made me think of another quote, too, um, from Pope Benedict. Um, And he said that Christianity is not an ideology or a philosophy, but rather a relationship to a person, to the living Jesus Christ. And that's that just came to me because I just keep, he keeps saying, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. Like, it's this is him calling us constantly to himself, you know, wooing us in so many different ways to his heart. Um, and it's not simply following a list of rules or being a good person or you know, being a philanthropist, or is that how I say that? Philanthropist. (laughs) Um, That's a hard word, too. Um, It's not that. It is Jesus that we're wanting and we're longing for, and it is he is the one that's putting that so deeply in our hearts. Um, A couple things that stuck out to me, and and I think this definitely relates to theology of the body as well, because theology of the body is so much about that, about this, call this longing for beauty um and to be known and um that deep desire in our heart um, for relationship um but the part about um he is the beauty to which you are so attracted that really stuck out to me um i also went to the tob1 class and when was that it's been a couple summers ago <laughs> um, but one of the things that really stuck out to me um was even just the desire the desire to be beautiful um, and the desire to see beauty is actually a deep desire for holiness um, because we're made to be holy. Um, and so when we want to be beautiful or we want to be noticed, we want to be seen, which is something that I have struggled with in my life. Um, it's really a desire to be holy and to be seen by our Lord. Um, 
And also the other piece that really sticks out that I relate to um, is where it says, it is he who urges you to shed the masks of a false life. Um, You know, I really struggled with a lot of things growing up and I wanted to be genuine. I I definitely had a desire to be um, really honest and to be known. Um, I didn't want to be fake. um, And yeah, I was struggling with that, but Jesus kept pursuing me with that, you know, having that desire on my heart. Um, and maybe I'll share more about kind of how he got me um, into a different place. But just the beauty of him pursuing us, um, he never, ever stops pursuing. There's always so much deeper, you know, that we can go. Um, so I'm and I love certain. that visual that. <laughs> of being wooed. I think yeah. about that mm-hmm. all the time about being wooed yeah. by Jesus and what they talk, how they said it at the TOB course was um, speaking God's sign language and like what can you yeah. see. And Patty, right when you were talking about the weather, I tend to praise God when the weather is beautiful. <laughs> But I'm just wondering the sign language of it all, you know, what about when it's awful or dreary and dark? Or yeah, he's watering our earth. Yeah. <laughs> giving us a strong, powerful storm. Yes. <laughs> but I think it's all in that lens, right, of mm-hmm. how we can see it through what is he trying to speak yeah. to us through it all. It's a type of sign language where he's using literally every single thing, even a pickleball. <laughs> well, yes, absolutely, for sure. We with a lot. And it makes me think it's such a great, this is such a great message for evangelizing as well. Like, you know, there's a lot of people that have these, I mean, we all have these desires, right, to do good, to, to do the right thing. Um but yet we struggle to actually (laughs) do it. And so I think if we can recognize in our hearts and have that lens to look through at other people, that what it is they're wanting is really Jesus, you know? And so we can have more and more compassion for others. Um, And when they get to a point, people in our lives that, you know, this isn't working. (laughs) Like I want to be a good person and it's not working. Like we have this, person, Jesus, you know, to direct others to. I think that's really important. So any other thoughts that have sprung up as we're talking? No other thoughts? Okay. No. <laughs> All the thoughts. Well, um, I want to give us a little bit more time too to um, share about how each of us actually came to know about theology of the body. Um, of course, we're going to continue to, you know, share these things as we go. Um, but you may wonder, like, what is the deal with that? Like, why are we so excited about it? Um, what does it mean to us in our lives? So I thought I'd give us some time to do that um, in this recording. So Katie, would you like to share about that a little bit? Sure. So um, when I first heard about Theology of the Body, we, I was trying to learn it for my children. And it was actually you, Rochelle, who uh, brought me to it in the beginning. And I remember just not fully understanding what theology of the body meant, why we need to talk about the body, why our kids needed to learn about it. I mean, as long as 
we get the basics down. We just leave that for high school or maybe middle school. <laughs> and I remember saying, like, theology of the body, I'm not sure that it will attract for a kid's program. Should we call it something different? And then Patty very gently said, why don't we just maybe describe what it is and explain it? And then they would they would see. And I was like, oh, yes, that might be a, a very better, rather than changing maybe John Paul II's entire teaching. That might be better, right? So as I've, well, that was three, four years ago. Um, as I've kind of stayed with it, um, it went way past my children, obviously. I still love seeing it in the schools and overflowing to them. But my husband and I really entered into um, the teaching and I think the most beautiful part, like when we're reflecting in our marriage about theology of the body, is just seeing how as husband and wife, our love can be reflected in the Trinity. And I have a beautiful visual from uh, the Theology of the Body Institute on um, just that love ex exchange between God the Father and uh, Jesus, his son, and that that God pouring out his unconditional love to the son and the son reciprocating that love back to you. It actually creates that third person, which is the Holy Spirit and makes up that mystery of the Trinity. And I've always thought of the Trinity as that, as a mystery and something that you just really couldn't grasp until Theology of the Body showed me how we were living that out in our marriage. And so through Brent and I's love, you know, we can um, have that um, that uh, gift exchange of love back and forth, and it is capable of producing a third person. And so just looking at that as a reflection you know, of our two girls and also, you know, just diving deeper into that um, is really what made me fall in love with it and, and really open it up for me. How about you, Patty? Yeah, that, that's beautiful. And I, I, when I first learned about Theology of the Body, um, Sister and I were talking that it was a little more intellectual, and it kind of echoes a little bit of what I've heard in your story, Katie, but we were teaching natural family planning for the diocese, and um, the, we've taught for over 20 years at the very beginning, the first few years, we had a different language to describe actually these truths where natural family planning is using fertility awareness between a, a married couple to discern to limit space or achieve pregnancy. And so we were using a truthful language, but we were then brought Theology of the Body into our coursework. And then in teaching through the lens of Theology of the Body, we saw a great shift in how we understood these same truths and how the, how the, people that were in our class received it. And it, and it was it was it was awesome to see the change. The language changed. And that's what I've learned about theology of the body, that it's the same truths that have always been taught, but John Paul II was able to capture the language of the day to break open so that we recognize actually I've realized that it, we can see the truth because it's written on our hearts. So it's written in a way that people are compelled not to feel so much this is a a box I need to fulfill, but I desire this 
way of loving. I desire to love my spouse or my friends or or and absolutely my Lord in this way. So it was that change in language that made me want to look deeper and to start living that. And I was already a mom when we were teaching these um, classes, and it's just really helped me to have a different language and expression with my husband and with my children. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you for sharing, Patty. I, again, would echo what Patty said. My first exposure to theology of the body was definitely more academic as a religious sister where we're studying, you know, the, the writings of the church and uh, what is uh, being put out by Rome and everything. And so it was over uh, one of the summers that we were doing some studies and theology of the body was one of our topics. Catechesis of the Good Shepherd was one of our topics and so forth. And so just through our discussion, um, it was just beautiful to see how the theology of the body brought us back to the whole concept of God's original harmony uh, for humanity and uh, his great design that he had and just the opportunities uh, that we have in our own lives to reflect God's goodness and his beauty. Um, and, and you see that throughout history. God's forever calling us back to what the, the original design was meant. So Far from being, um, you know, sometimes when we look at the commandments, we see them as do not, do not, do not, uh, when really they are opportunities to express love to God. So they really are, I am, I am, I, I want to be what God calls us to be. And so I see that, as Patty said, sometimes it's just a shift in our vocabulary. And then it's not so much um, something that is being commanded in a negative way, but it's truly an invitation to be who we are truly called to be. Beautiful. And I think that has been, for me, um, just it changes the way you approach it in your studies, uh, in your teachings, and so forth. So that's been a real gift, I think. And back to you, Michelle. Okay, thank you. That was really beautiful. Thank you all for sharing. Um, I can echo a lot of what you guys already said um, as far as my motivation when I first started definitely was for my kids. Um, I, you know, just looking around at the world and the confusion in the world about what it means to be human. Um, my husband and I really wanted to have some tools so that we could give them language for who they are and, um, really have a deep sense of identity, um, as a child made in the image and likeness of God. What does that mean? And so that was the motivation. Um, but like Katie said as well, like as soon as it did not take long, once I started learning about it, um, a group of us read Theology of the Body for Beginners, and I was like, this is for beginners? What? Because it was like already so deep. Not for beginners. Oh my goodness. Um, it's amazing. Well, I kind of get it now because there's so much more. But I very quickly realized, wait, this is this is for me. Like God has brought me here in this moment for a very important purpose and just for my personal healing, things that I've struggled with in my life. And um, God had already started the journey for me in, in various ways. And I know I'm not being super specific. I might later down the road, but um, he, I feel like he'd been preparing me for a long time to receive theology of the body. It, it really, um, I guess, affirmed some things that he already was teaching me, especially about um, you know, what all these desires in my heart are about, um, and that just learning how to redirect all of these desires and longings to God and to pray with all of those things, um, 
and kind of like what you're saying about desire, like once those desires are straightened out and going the right direction, um, then it does just, it changes how I live. Um, rather than focusing so much on like following the rules and how I live, the desire underneath all of that needed to be um, transformed and healed. So, and also, um, like you said, sister, the the whole part about the original plan for humanity and and what he created us for um, was very powerful too. Because we all know the story of sin, we all know the story of our brokenness. But we don't always know what we were meant to be and what Jesus came to redeem and to restore. Um, and it just makes you fall in love with him so much more because um, he created us um, with such love and tenderness and, and desires to heal the wounds um, that we have. So, um, And it's definitely helped me with my children and um, as I understand it more deeply, I'm able to more naturally have these conversations with them that I had previously been really afraid <laughs> to have. Yeah. Um, but now it's been much, much easier um, to have those conversations with this theology of the body lens um, to look through. Um, and I think, you know, some people really look at the church and think, oh, you're so, you don't really care about people, you know, like somehow our our beliefs um, can be um, people think that we're taking freedom away or I'm something. Just about yeah, something like that. But actually, when you really look at it, it's so um, incredibly loving and it's about true freedom and becoming who you are meant to be and recovering, uncovering, you know, your true self. Um, and so I think it actually, I hope, my prayer is that I'm raising children that can see people with such compassion and love and not with judgment, you know, or condemnation, but just seeing like what it is that their people really desire, you know? So that was a lot of kind of rambling, but anyway, I hope that some of that made sense. <laughs> um, any other thoughts um, before we introduce what we're going to talk about in the next show? Anything stirring with you guys? Well, I was just thinking about like why, you know, when when we think about why we don't live this out naturally, I mean, a lot of it is you either go one of two ways, right? With the rules, mm-hmm. when, when they seem too burdensome for you, you can either just white knuckle it <laughs> and yeah. push it all down. And that's what, you know, uh, Christopher West at Theology of the Body Institute calls the stoic. And I'm very good at doing that and kind of creating that, um, that numbness. And then the other side of it is the addict where you're like, forget the rules. I'm going to do whatever I want. And we think those are the only two choices. And so we're just teetering in between those two things. And one thing that, and that's why it's hard. That's why it's impossible. And that's why everyone does, like what you were saying, Rochelle, like, Ooh, that is too hard. I can't do that. I can't live between those two. But the third option is the aspiring mystic, and that's where you unleash, you know, that true desire. Um, and, you know, it sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so one, like, little exercise maybe I'll leave with everyone that we did was just remembering the song of our childhood. Like, that first song that you, like, learned 
all the words to. Like, for me, it was a cassette tape, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> was it a CD or a record or an MP3 or download or YouTube? Whatever that first song was that you learned every single word to. And last week, Brent and I, would, that was our homework when we left for the day. And so Brent and I um, went home and listened. I got to listen to Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. And... <laughs> Brent painfully listened to it with me, and then he got to listen to Time by Hootie and the Blowfish, and we were just laughing so hard because of the emotions and the feelings that came up from just hearing those songs that we hadn't played in years, but really thinking about like how many other things have we suppressed down or not thought about and um, how much kind of bringing it and directing it toward God and seeing the good in those, what goodness can come of that. Oh, that is so beautiful. Okay, now I'm going to do that. Not right now. Yes, I challenge you all to do that. But there's the the wooing. That's what, if you pay attention, there's the wooing, and it's gone along that we can take any section of our life and see that because our Lord is so real, and the grace he bestows upon us is so real, and we just can't forget he's calling us to a supernatural life, and it's so evident. Yeah, that is so beautiful. Awesome. Well... I think we're about out of time again. That goes by really fast. Um, so the next episode, we're going to dive into a little bit more about who do I believe God is um, and just talk a little bit about different views of God and how that impacts how we understand um, the rules, right, or his law and what human freedom really looks like. So I think these, that's an important question to look at. Um, before diving into all of this, like, what do I, who is God to me? What do I really believe about him? Um, and how do I relate to him? So that is what is coming up. Um, but I'm so grateful that you um, joined us for another episode and know that we are praying for you and we would love if you would pray for us too. Thank you so much for listening to the Be Filled podcast. If you have questions or comments for us, we would love to hear from you. Our email address is bethillpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media. We are on Facebook and Instagram. There you can find additional encouragement for your week. Also, be sure to check out our show notes for links to resources we discuss in the show, as well as questions for deeper reflection. Until the next episode, God bless.